Hello, welcome to Bethel Baptist Church Podcast. Today on Resurrection Sunday, April 4th, 2021, Pastor Steve presents the big idea, Jesus rose from the dead. Today's message is a little shorter due to the nature of our service. If you're ever interested in watching one of our services, you can view the live stream at facebook.com backslash Bethel Oskaloosa. As we think about the text of Matthew 28, as we think about all that we have been talking about this morning, we recognize that Resurrection Sunday morning was characterized by what turned out to be an intense search, an intense search. If you have your Bibles open to Matthew chapter uh, 28, uh, follow along with me as I begin reading in verse 5. But the angel said to the woman, do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen. As he said, come and see the place where he lay. Go quickly and tell the disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. And as we think about the intense search, it has gone on now for 2,000 plus years. As a matter of fact, there are some here today who may be searching, who may be thinking about what what does it mean that Jesus rose from the dead? What does the resurrection mean? How does it really impact our lives? There are some here today who may be searching. Perhaps you're not sure quite what it is that you're looking for, but you're you're searching. You want to know. There's a desire. There's, There's something. There's a draw. There's something there. We as humans often have an intense need to fill a a, a spot or or a, a, a void or an emptiness in our lives. People work on that and and, and try to find happiness and fulfillment and completeness in a number of different things. Some refer to that as a God void, and it's obvious that that is the spot where everyone must begin. That search begins with a desire to know Jesus Christ. God's word tells us that some of the women came bearing spices to the garden tomb early that morning, seeking to embalm the body of Jesus. But first of all, those those women, like those women, you, you need to understand that you can't discover who he is until you first know where he is not. If you're going to find him, start with where he is not. This morning, I want us to look at three things very quickly as we walk through the scriptures. But we want to recognize, first of all, that Jesus is not on the cross. Jesus is not on the cross. The Bible clearly teaches us in the preceding chapter that Pilate had given permission to a man named Joseph. Now, he was from a part of the country, Arimathea. 
And he was given permission to take down the body from the cross and bury it in his own tomb. We see that in Matthew chapter 27. And, and maybe, maybe this morning you would say, well, everybody knows that Jesus is not on the cross. Then why do so many picture him there, project him to be there? I think it's because the God of this world knows that worshiping a dead Christ produces dead religion. And we need to be in the place where we know who Jesus is, that he is not on the cross, that we don't serve a dead Savior. We serve a risen Savior. Amen? Amen. Are you looking for Jesus on a cross? Has religion become something to, to you that it's just the motions you go through? It's just, it's what we do. I grew up in that. I know what that's like. It's what you do. It's what you have to do. It's what you're expected to do. But there's no real love there. There's no relationship there. There is nothing there. Religion becomes uh, an exercise in rituals and relics and repetitious religious phrases that leave us empty. You won't find Jesus on the cross. He is not there. We know Jesus is not on the cross. Secondly, this morning, we know that Jesus is not in the tomb. Jesus is not in the tomb. The message of the angels in, in, in is the secret to the success of your search. He is not here, for he is risen. Come see the place where he lay, as we talked about in, in Matthew 28. The tomb is empty, amen? That ought to bring great joy to every single one of us, the tomb is empty. The greatest testimony to the truth of the resurrection is as Jesus was raised from the dead, it's as if God said, amen, it is done, it is finished. Jesus said the work on the cross is finished and God raised him from the dead. What an incredible blessing that is to us. It talks to us about the power of Christianity. It is not a religion that is like others that are about dead guys, right? Come and see the tomb where our ruler or our, our founder is laid. There is no tomb where Jesus has been laid because it's empty, and that's the way it ought to be. Turn to John chapter 20 in your Bibles, if you would, for just a moment here. John chapter 20. Look at your Bibles here. John chapter 20, look at, look at verses 6 and continuing on here. Then Simon Peter came and found him, and he went into the tomb, and when... Uh, 
He saw the linen clothes lying there and the face cloth which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who reached the tomb first also went in, and he saw and believed. For yet they did not understand the scriptures that he must rise from the dead. And then the disciples went back to their home. All it took to convince the other disciple, that is John, by the way, was one look inside the empty tomb. He saw and he believed. All it took for Mary Magdalene was the recognition of Jesus through her tears that the person who was talking to her was not the gardener as she had assumed, but it was her risen Lord. Note that if you look at John chapter 20 and verse 15, the question Jesus asks, whom are you seeking? Whom are you seeking? All it took was for the man Thomas, who's been given a bad rap, by the way, calling him Doubting Thomas, but the man Thomas was to see the nail-pierced hands in the upper room. Jesus said, put your hands in the nail wounds. Put your, put your hand in my side. And I think the biblical record holds, he didn't do that. He just said, my Lord and my God. He believed. He believed. For all the skeptics and scoffers who refuse to be objective enough to search for the truth, we say, what are you going to do with the empty tomb? And there's all kinds of weird theories and things you can throw out there, but the truth is God raised Jesus from the dead. Why does anyone persist in the denial of that weight of evidence referred to in Acts chapter 1 and verse 3 as many infallible proofs that the resurrection of Jesus was true, is true. Stop looking for Jesus on the cross. He's not there. Stop looking for Jesus in the tomb. He is not there. But I need you to understand there's one more place where if you don't know the Lord is your Savior, that you're not going to find Jesus. And that's, Jesus is not in your life if you don't know him as personal Savior. When, when the Israelites spent their last night in Egypt, God brought the 10th plague upon the land. And it, if you don't remember what that was, it was the death of the firstborn in every household. God looked for one thing and one thing only. The blood that was applied to the doorpost. His promise was, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. Exodus chapter 12 and verse 13. Likewise today, God is looking for only one thing, one thing and one thing only. He looks at our lives and wants to know whether or not you have his son, whether or not the blood of Jesus has been applied in our lives. 
First John chapter five and uh, verses 11 and 12 says this, this is the record that God has given to us eternal life. And this life is in his son. He that has the life has the son, but he that does not have the life does, or he does not have the son does not have the life. That's pretty stark realization. If you have the son, you have the life. If you don't have the son, you don't have the life. There's not a lot of wiggle room in here. John chapter one and verse 12 says, but as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God. Even to them that believe on his name. It's a matter of faith. It's a matter of faith. It's not a matter of, did I do enough good stuff in my life? It's not a matter of, did I, did I hit all of the uh, religious trapping, all the markings that I, I needed to make? It's not about that. It is about having faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So what, what, does, that, what does that mean? Well, Romans 5 tells us this. For while we were yet weak, for while we were yet sinners, that the, at exactly the right moment in history, God, Christ died for the ungodly. When the timing was exactly correct, Christ died for the ungodly. So one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person, one might dare even to die. But God shows his love in us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we now have been justified by what? By good works? No. By, by keeping rules and regulations? No. The Bible says that we have been justified by his blood. Shed on the cross of Calvary. Him giving his life for us. And God gloriously raising him from the dead. We are justified by his blood. Much more that we shall be saved by him from the wrath of God. While we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. Now, wait a second. You, you need to think this through logically. The Bible tells us that when the time was exactly right, when everything was exactly as God had wanted it to be, that Christ died for the ungodly. And he shows his love for us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He still did that. Even though we are sinners, he died for us. But now it says that we can be reconciled to God by the death of his son. It's because of the finished work of Jesus Christ, all that God has done through him, his life, his death, his burial, his 
resurrection. All of that together. We can be saved. We can be reconciled to God. And we shall be saved by his life. Verse 11 goes on to say much more than that. We also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we've now received this reconciliation. Is it not amazing that as we stand before a holy God, so holy that he could not look on sin, that while Jesus was on the cross, it's as if God turned his head and looked away from the weight, the weight of the wrath of sin upon him, upon Jesus. And Jesus cries out and says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And to realize that now through, that we can rejoice that God through the Lord Jesus Christ, whom we have now received what? Reconciliation. We're able to, to come to know him and to have our lives radically changed by him. Romans 10. So what do you, what do, you do with that? What do you do with that information I just gave you? If you confess with your mouth that the Lord Jesus, that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your hearts that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You will be reconciled. You will be brought into a right relationship through Jesus to our Heavenly Father. What an incredible opportunity. The Bible goes on to say, for with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth, confession is made to salvation. What are you doing with the Lord Jesus Christ? What are, what are you doing? Perhaps you're, you're, you're here this morning and, and you need to recognize he's not on the cross because the work of redemption is finished, it's done. He's not in the empty tomb because he rose from the dead. And I would suggest this morning, perhaps he's not in your life, but he can be. Because here's the, the, the beauty of this picture of the resurrection of this opportunity for reconciliation is that God stands offering this free gift of salvation. And if by faith, we will simply receive it and make it our own. As, as Romans 10 said, believe in your hearts that God has raised him from the dead. You will be saved. If we believe Jesus is Lord and that God has raised him from the dead, we can be saved. We can know. But you have to ask. You have to, you have to be willing to humble yourself and to ask. Perhaps some are here this morning and, and, and you would say, you know, Pastor, I know Jesus is my personal Savior. I got no problem with that. But we're not, we're not living lives 
that in any way, shape, or form really, truly cry out that Jesus is Lord, or we're going through the motions and and we're doing what we have to do because we think we're going to be okay, we're going to get by, there is so much more. God offers us through Jesus life and that more abundantly. Don't you want more? Don't you want what God has to offer where he is willing, as it says in Matthew, that he will take your burden upon himself? He is gentle. He's lowly. And he is willing to take that burden from you. What is it that God desires from us today? Could it be that he wants us to know him? To know him. Paul says in Philippians that he would know the power of the resurrection of Jesus. He would know that resurrection power. Would to God we would know that resurrection power. If you're not saved here this morning, if you don't know the Lord is your Savior, we invite you. Seek out Pastor Ronnie or myself or or anyone. We can show you from the Word of God how you can know that you have that reconciled relationship with God. And maybe you're here this morning, you're just like, you know what, I'm I'm just going through the motions. I'm just doing what I'm supposed to do and showing up where I'm supposed to be, and it's really kind of an emptiness. Your life can be filled to overflowing. You can have that abundant life that Christ is promising you. Make this Easter Sunday, make this Resurrection Sunday, the day that you Find or come to know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior by inviting him into your life. Father, we thank you this morning for the opportunity to have challenged ourselves with with the beauty of the resurrection and all that is is a part of that. And Father, this morning we pray and ask that that you would work in our hearts and lives and that that we would recognize that resurrection power that that is available to us. Father, if someone's here this morning and they're not saved, they they don't know Jesus as their Savior, the Father, today would be the day of salvation. Father, for those that might be here this morning who would say, I know I'm saved, but I'm just going through the motions of just doing the stuff. Oh, God, help us. Help us to have that abundant life that you promise us. Help us to live for you. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. We've come through an interesting week. And even as the the music today has communicated, it's been an interesting week in that it starts with the, the suffering of our Savior. 
It started out last Sunday when we talked about the people. And we said that the people were fickle. And they, they were crying out, Hosanna, Hosanna. And then just a couple of days later, crucify him, crucify him. Release Barabbas and crucify Jesus. And Jesus willingly walked through those trials. He willingly did all that was required and gave his life on the cross of Calvary for us. Now, the things that Jesus did in the resurrection that we celebrate this morning is an opportunity for us to stand in awe of who God is and recognizing that, Jesus still said that when he met with his disciples privately and they were having that last supper, he said to them, for as oft as you eat and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. He was already setting the stage that we might never forget the price that was paid. And as much as we enjoy Resurrection Sunday, we recognize that Resurrection Sunday only comes because Jesus died on the cross. And so this morning, we're going to take some time and, and rejoice together in the elements that we have before us. And we're going to give some thought to some of the things that we talked about this morning in, in that as we are looking at our lives, are we being the men and women, boys and girls that we need to be before a holy God? We're going to take some time in introspective prayer here in just a moment. And then we're going to share together in the elements that, that Jesus gave for us to be reminded, even on Resurrection Sunday morning, to be reminded of the price that was paid for our salvation.